Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Review and my 100th podcast special. Now, I was going to look over all the movies I have covered over the podcast lifespan. However, that is well over 50 hours of entertainment and nope. So, I thought I'd cover the movie that introduced me to Alice Cooper, Wayne's World. I first saw this in Christmas 1992, I believe, and was introduced to Wayne's World and indeed Queen. Although, what is it? Both the 90s and iconic duos, Beavis and Butthead, Ren and Stimpy, Bill and Ted, and finally, Wayne and Garth. So here it is, the movie that put Mike Myers on the map. Okay, he was famous for his work on SNL, however, he followed in the footsteps of his SNL alum, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, etc, etc, and made it into movies. Anyway, on to Wayne's World, coming out 25 years ago, and... It left its mark on my fellow Gen Xers. With a budget of $20 million and pulling in $121 million, it's also the movie that brought back Rob Lowe from his 80s scandal. So party on and excellent! Starring Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Rob Lowe, Tia Carrera, Brian Doyle Murray, Kurt Fuller, Meatloaf and Alice Cooper. Rooted by Penelope Spheres. The plot. Two 20-something slackers have their own cable access TV show from their basement until a local sleazy conman producer tries to steal it due to its huge popularity with the kids and Wayne's girlfriend. Can Wayne save his TV show and get his girl back before it's too late? So, the movie opens up with an advert for Noah's Arcade with Sonic the Hedgehog in the background with Noah Vanderhoff, played by Brian Doyle Murray, brother of Bill Murray, and starring alongside him in movies such as Ghostbusters 2, Groundhog Day, and starring in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a movie that I'll be covering in December, superimposed over the top of it. Talking about how great his fake arcade is, because it's Noah's arcade, has two of everything. Get out, because that's quite funny. As Benjamin Oliver, played by Rob Lowe, the former Brett Packer himself and star of West Wing, The Austin Powers movies and Parks and Recs, as well as dozens of other TV and movies, watches TV with his girl for the night, a pizza delivery one. So as the girl flicks through TV and past early 90s adverts, she stops on Wayne's World, the local TV show hosted by Wayne Campbell, played by Mike Myers, star of Austin Powers movies Shrek and SNL, along with his best friend Garth Algar, played by Dana Carvey, star of SNL, and that terrible movie Master of Disguise. Basically, Wayne's World is a mix of jokes and talk show with a juvenile slant. Typical 90s TV fair then. As in Britain, there was The Notorious The Word. Benjamin watches this but doesn't get its popularity until the girl says it's hugely popular with the teens, so he calls his lackey to track down where this is filmed and take over the TV show. As on TV, Garth is having his hair cut by a nutty professor and his invention hilariously. So, with the show over, Wayne talks direct to camera, much like Alfie does, and Michael Kimmy for it is, not the fucking terrible remake, and Ferris Bueller does, as he introduces himself and gives us the lowdown on his life, such as he's from Chicago and has had tons of dead-end jobs, still lives with his parents and hopes to do Wayne's World for a living. So basically, he was a YouTube star before YouTube was a thing. Mm. Garth pulls up in the quote Mirthmobile with the rest of the band, playing Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, and apparently this is a big comeback for Queen. Here it is, the headbang scene 
which gave both Mike Myers and Dana Cabin Whitmarsh as they had to do this all night long. About 20 takes, I believe. They pick up their stoner friend, Phil, and stick him in the backseat of the car, where Wayne gives Garth a no-honk guarantee. So Garth hands him one teeny tiny wee paper water cups to be sick in, as he looks like he is worse for wear. They continue on their way as Queen and the Behemoth Rhapsody song starts and the headbanging starts. Yes, I know you're doing it right now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. While driving around the streets of Chicago, they pull out up outside a guitar store where Garth tells us he does this every single Friday as Wayne drills over a white guitar as heavenly music plays. And note, Dana Carvey didn't know the words to Queen's classic song, so lip synced it badly. As the song finishes, they pull it outside the local donut store where teens love to hang out, ran by Glenn, played by Ed O'Neill star of Married with Children and A Modern Family. Menacingly, in fact, he steals the bloody show. Garth sees his, quote, dream girl as Romeo and Juliet theme plays. The camera focuses on her and she is played by Donna Dixon, wife of Dan Aykroyd. And at this point, Garth is blown off his seat. Just then, we're introduced to Wayne's crazy ex-girlfriend, Stacey, played by Lara Flynn Boyle, star of Portage 3, Twin Peaks and Men in Black 2. As she bugs the boys as they're downing their coffee drinks and corollas. She hands him a gift of a gun rack and what the fuck is she, as women put it, mental? And note, this happened to Myers in real life and indeed wrote it into the movie as a bit of a funny joke but had to phone up his girlfriend and apologise after she saw the movie and got mad at him. Anyway, with that they drive to the local metal bar, The Gasworks. Spot Meatloaf, one of many cameos in this, as the bouncer. And side note, this used to drive me fucking nuts when I was out clubbing in my college years, when people would just walk up and get waved in with no charge or even waiting in line. That is just fucking rude. On stage, Wayne sees his soon-to-be girlfriend, Cassandra, played by Tia Carrara, star of True Lies and Relic Hunter, as she plays with her band. And note, Tia Carrara is actually singing here. Wayne and his quote band managed to squeeze past the mosh pit crowd all but Garth as one huge bully pushes him down and refuses to let him past. So he returns to his car and gets his invention of a super taser and stuns him halfway across the bar. As the Mission Impossible theme plays, Wayne sees Cassandra on stage and this is the start of the showing stuff as he thrusts his groin in her general direction. And this stuff was everywhere when I was in high school. A bar fight kicks off and Cassandra finishes it by kicking the living shit out of both the guys that started it, making her a tough no-nonsense 90 chicks that don't need no man, except she falls for both Benjamin and Wayne in this, so hmm. Wayne tries and fails to pick her up, then comes out with the she'll be mine, oh yes she'll be mine stuff, and that's a tad sexist here movie. The next day, Benjamin tries to sell the idea of Wayne World to Mr. Vanderhoff, but he's having none of it until him and his producer Lackey, Russell Finningley, played by Kurt Fuller, star of Scary Movie, a franchise I may cover soon. Supernatural and a slew of other TV shows and movies. Talk him into it and blow smoke up his arse. It then shows Wayne learning Cantonese in the hopes of impressing Cassandra. That night, Ben, and I'm going to call him Ben because Benjamin is fucking ridiculous, and Russell shop at Wayne's house as they try to con Wayne into handing over the rights to the show to him. They show up just as Wayne wraps up another show with a slit to Claudia Schiffer 
and another swing scene and also a that's what she said and i wonder if this is a thing actually came from as this thing was absolutely everywhere in my high school also it then shows ben trying to blow smoke up wayne's ass in a tiki bar however garth doesn't believe him nor trusts him when he wants to buy the show for a pitifully five grand each setting things up for garth's mistrust much later and note the twilight zone episode garth talks about wasn't real and was made up on the spot with that they head to cassandra's rent party where they bump into stacy again so they both run off ben follows them and sees cassandra's band then falls on her setting up a love triangle one of the bandmates terry played by lee turrigans turrigerson 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 star of oz tells wayne he loves him for selling the rights off to Ben. And this thing starts a thing off where Wayne does like to be touched by men, so mm, this whole gay stuff should have been cut. But wait a minute here, can Wayne actually do this? Doesn't he need the permission of the entire band, not just himself and Garth? Mm. The other band members are Alan, played by Michael DeLuise, and Neil, played by Dan Bell. They celebrate too. Once Cassandra is off stage, the slimy Ben hits on her, telling her He's a big shot producer, but she's having none of it and walks off. It then shows Wayne floating towards Cassandra, then grimaces as Stacy says hi. And I gotta say, this does not make Wayne seem like a good person, one little iota. Indeed, according to the director, she says Myers was increasingly difficult to work with as a shoot went on, telling a story of how he flipped a craft food table over because they had margarine instead of butter for his bagel, and then he sulked in his trailer for hours. On the roof! Of the complex, Wayne and Cassandra talk about Ben, with Wayne saying he's one of the most important producers on TV. As downstairs, Garth has to deal with Stacy while waiting to use the toilet by telling her to move on from Wayne and just go over him. So with that, she just grabs some random guy and boom, they're now a couple. Stacy goes on Ruth with her new man to make Wayne jealous. However, he tells Cassandra in Cantonese he feels sorry for her and indeed feels partly at fault for what she's like this and isn't this a red herring for fucking a red flagging for cassandra mm, run away love later at night it's onto the scene with wayne and garth lying on top of the car waiting for planes to fly by by talking utter bollocks as the buzz of alcohol wears off as you do note the speech garth gives wayne about bugs bunny wasn't in the script and indeed this is mike myers real reaction and his real laugh as this was filmed at 3am and this is an extremely long day. So the next morning in the TV show, Russell tries to show the boys how real TV is produced by teaching them the 5 second hand signal. It's then Garth points out how weird it is seeing the set of Wayne's basement but it's not the real basement and Wayne calls it a haiku. During rehearsals, Ben takes the Vanderhoffs down to the set just in time to see Wayne and Garth mess around with the boys screen. Wayne and Garth are introduced to Mrs. Vanderhoff, played by Colin Camp, star of two Police Academy movies, Die Hard 3, and multiple TV shows. Wayne talks to Mr. Vanderhoff and sees right through him, using a sphinxer says what on him twice. And is this where I started from? Because again, this is all over my bloody high school. With that, Ben takes him off to lunch. The next morning, Garth and Wayne play street hockey, and it's here Garth expresses his doubt about Ben to Wayne, and indeed, Wayne says he sees right through him also. Just then, Stacy rides by on a bike wearing a neck brace after she fell through the skylight at Cassandra's house the night before. She then crashes her bike into a parked car flipping over the top of it, because that's hilarious, right? Mm. Cut 
to later that afternoon at the studio and Garth building some sort of robot he plans on using to get rid of Ben. Indeed, as Ben goes to talk to Garth, does the robot hand spring to life and try to choke Ben? However, Garth uses a hammer to smash it to pieces. It's here. Ben straight up tells Garth that Mr. Vanderhoff is a weekly guest, like it or not. And note, the helmet Garth is wearing is a nod to the one used in Fly 2, a movie and a deed, a franchise I covered last year. Check my SoundCloud archives. In the car, Cassandra and Wayne are now a couple and one the hell did this happen as he sings Mickey to her out of nowhere and then shows off his super shiny new CD Walkman which in 1982 must have cost a pretty penny. He then heads to the guitar store to buy the white Fender Stratocaster which he had earlier on in the movie and that is really bad editing. So as Wayne annoys the sales clerk, Garth goes off to play drums and note this is actually Dana Carvey playing the drums. Back in steel, Ben asks Russell if he told Wayne Vanderhoff would be a weekly guest with Russell saying he's not very happy. So he goes down to Wayne to tell him he has no bloody choice. It's here we get the product placement joke as Wayne says he's not a sellout. These products are Pizza Hut, which do absolutely disgusting pizzas, Doritos, Reebok and several others. Back at the donut store later at night and yet more sting seen stealing stuff from Ed O'Neill. Garth is knocked off his seat yet again by his dream girl. Wayne gives him some lousy advice so Cassandra just tells him to walk up to her and talk to her and cue a dream sequence of Garth dancing over to her with a foxy lady by Jim Hendrix playing on a jukebox and note one of my friends in college done this and let's just say this didn't actually work in reality and just leave it right there cut to Wayne and Cassandra in bed at her place and this whole shtick that Wayne does wasn't in the script and these are indeed tears of real reactions as Mick Myers are just messed around humping a stuffed mummy and doing the whole weird Mr. President thing with the bra. That night, Ben invites Cassandra, Wayne and Garth up to his penis apartment to show off how much money he has. Garth talks to us directly, saying if he was Cassandra's boyfriend, there would be no way he would take her up to this place as this apartment is a babe trap, quote unquote, and women are unable to resist its power. Indeed, the slime bucket Ben shows off to Cassandra by ordering food in Cantonese, with Wayne asking for the cream of some young guy. According to the director, this laugh was so big to in test audiences, they had to reshoot it and add a laugh break. And note, Robbo had six weeks to learn the Cantonese. In fact, every day while he was driving to work, he had it playing in his car over and over and over again. It's also here, Ben tries to buy Wayne and Garth's trust by giving him, by giving them rather, VIP passes to an Alice Cooper gig. So, as one of Cassandra's songs plays, again, this is actually Tia singing, Wayne and Garth drive to Milwaukee to see Alice Cooper. With Wayne away, Ben can sleaze on Cassandra and cue the Vernon shirt a bit until the boys realise suddenly they have VIP tickets to see Alice Cooper. Note, this is the first time we ever hear Feed My Frankenstein being played and McMyers wanted either Schools Out or Poison to be played, but Alice Cooper's road manager demanded the new song. And note, Alice thought this was going to be a one-line piece. However, he was handed the whole monologue about Milwaukee. Luckily, Alice is a history buff and pretty much did this off-cuff. Wayne and Garth use their backstage passes to go well backstage. Unfortunately, they end up outside where they meet the suit guard played by Chris Farley in his film debut. He tells them that the head of a record label will be heading to Chicago to look for new acts via St. Louis and then onto Detroit in his limousine as he's afraid to fly anywhere and loves to watch cable TV. So, backstage, 
Wayne and Garth go to do their whole We Are Not Worthy shtick to Alice Cooper. I wonder how many times he has got this done and gets them done through him over the years. And spot the Ouija board in the background, and legend has it, this is where Alice Cooper got his name from. So later that night, arriving at studio just in time for the show, a German fuss was set up for Ben to meet Wayne miss his first shoot. Hmm. Wayne is stunned to find out not know it is Vanderhoff the first guest, but their sign now has Noah's Arcade run over it. And why is he shocked? If he didn't want this, he should not have sold out. Russell hands Wayne cue cards to read from. However, Wayne writes things on the back of him to embarrass Mr. Vanderhoff. Ben isn't pleased with this and fires Wayne on the spot. So it's down to Garth to finish off the first show all by himself. Much later that night, Ben phones Cassandra to tell her he fired Wayne in his roundabout way and also telling her he will be there for her three-day video shoot. Garth is pissed off at Wayne for walking off so much so they had to cover his swearing as a plane flies by. Indeed, it's here Garth spells out to him that Ben wants Cassandra but Wayne doesn't want to hear this thing and just stormed off. So the next morning, Wayne acts like a jealous dickhead about the video shoot, so Cassandra throws him out of her apartment. Wayne finally snaps at us via the camera, and then bitches and moans about how shit his life has become, that he not only has he lost his show, his girlfriend, and his best friend. So with that, we walk away, and he tries to get his back desperately. Cut to the donut store, where Garth stabs to death a donut man using the cycle theme a franchise that I covered last year. Check my archives again. Just as Wayne walks in and says sorry to Garth, just like that, they're the best buds. Yeah, right. Anyway, or anywho, Wayne comes up with an idea to get Mr. Big to listen to Cassandra's band in his limo and lucky that security guard gave him all this information early, isn't it? Hmm. With that, Garth spews out his techno babble plan and just like that, the whole donut shop rallies around him. With Wayne rushing to Chicago to get Cassandra away from Ben, it's down to Garth and the rest of the band to make this overly complicated plan work. As on set, Cassandra is now dressed like a cableman for some reason and holding a huge snake, which Ben forced her to do take after take after take and spot Robert Carlyle as the bad cop that pulls over Wayne for speeding, also asking if he'd seen this boy holding a picture of a kid that clearly is not Edward Furlong. And Myers wanted us cut because he thought this would have been funny. However, he was blown away by Tess Orsonies as they laugh for a good two minutes. Wayne finally gets to sit just as Ben puts the moves on Cassandra. He declares his love for her as Oscar Clip flashes on screen, then acts jealous, so much so he pulls the phone out of the cameras. With that, Cassandra sends him home just as Ben puts a snake on her. This freaks out Cassandra, so she drives off with Wayne, leaving Ben to hold a snake. Meanwhile, Garth has hacked into the satellite and has indeed redirected it onto Mr. Big's limo. And cue Mission Impossible theme as Wayne has to speed back home in time to sync up with the limo and get Cassandra's performance to broadcast to him live. As Wayne is doing this, the quote band steal the equipment from the studio. Unfortunately, they're caught by Russell. However, as he's been hanging out with them, he is now cool and lets them go after Garth talks him into helping them. So after Russell steals outside broadcast fan and Ben gets over by the friendly cop for a full cavity search, Wayne broadcasts a special Wayne's World to the limo. Mr. Big seems to like this broadcast and indeed gets his limo to spin in traffic heading to Wayne's house to see her. Just as Ben arrives, Mr. Big tells Cassandra he isn't interested in her or her band and walks off. With that, Cassandra finally has enough of Wayne and dumps Wayne. 
Ben gloats and steals her right under his nose. To make things worse, Stacy walks in to tell him she is pregnant. The lights catch fire and a house then burns down. As on a beach resort, Ben finally has Cassandra. Just then, Wayne and Gar skid in and do the whole Scooby-Doo ending. The screen goes wavy and the ending replays except Mr. Big loves Cassandra's band and it her and sign them up on the spot. Ben is unmasked to be Old Man Swithers. And yes, he would have got him a two if it wasn't a place, pesky kids. Garth still wasn't happy with that one, so they do the mega happy ending. The screen goes wibby again, and again the ending replays, with Mr. Big now giving Cassandra a six album deal. Cassandra telling Wayne he loves her, and vice versa. And Garth gets his dream woman, even Ben turns into an over a new leaf. With that, Wayne screams fish den, and acts like a fish as credits roll. So, that was Wayne's World, a nostalgic slice of 90s pop culture. Still funny, with some great acting and great performances, as well as some great rocking songs. And if you're like me, a Al Scooper fan, you'll love his live performance of Feed My Frankenstein. Note, I covered some of his movies last year, including Monster Dog and Suck, so check my archives. Anyway, back to this movie, I'm going to give this an excellent 7 out of 10. So come back next week for my look at Batman and Robin, and finally, The Mist. September is Hannibal Lecter, October is Halloween, I look at the first three Hellraiser movies, November is bad video game movies such as Mario Bros and Mortal Kombat, December is festive funnies, January is John Carter movies such as Prince of Darkness and The Fog. So don't forget to follow me on SoundCloud and leave a like and comment. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and then email me Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check my archives for franchises such as Star Wars, Mad Max, Resident Evil, Underworld and Lost Boys, plus many more. Also check out my solo podcast of Scream, Aliens, Donnie Darko and many, many more. And a bye... And I'd like to thank you for listening, even if this was your first podcast, or indeed 100th podcast. Thank you all for listening, and party on!